It's okay. Y'all can clap for Brother Shane. Praise team. Thank y'all very much, brothers and sisters, this morning. If you would, turn with me to the book of Acts. As I said earlier, we are starting a new series in the book of Acts, and I am excited about it. Um, I I always love starting a new book. Uh, I love being able to look together at some of the background. I like to introduce to you some of those things out of the book. Y'all know, a lot of you know that I really enjoy studying history, and so get to do a lot of that when I'm starting a new book. Um, and I'm also excited about the book of Acts. I've preached through part of the book of Acts one time before, but I haven't ever made it through uh, a large portion of it. And so uh, there are just some really exciting things that we get to see. We get to see a lot about what a community of believers that are empowered by the Holy Spirit and that love one another and that love the people around them looks like. Uh, we could see the first community like that, what it looked like, how it manifests itself, how it played itself out, how we should relate to each other, how we should relate to those around us. We could see a lot of those things in the book of Acts, and so that's going to be part of this process. So as we look here, I want to begin by reading the scripture that we'll have for this morning from Acts chapter 1. I want to read the first five verses And then we'll pray and we'll look at it together. But Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, says, In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. If y'all would pray with me. Father God, what an honor to be able to read the words written down by Luke, inspired by you, Father, that we have your very words for us, Lord, that we can read them. Lord, what a weighty opportunity for me to be able to expound upon them. Lord, I pray today that your Holy Spirit would give me the strength and clarity that I need, the concision to explain these things, but to explain them in a timely manner. Lord, that you would speak to the hearts of the individuals in this congregation. Father, that they would hear them, that they would heed them, and that they would do the things that you call them to with this word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, have any of you ever watched a movie or a TV show? They love to this. Any of you that really like to watch series? Uh, it's not as big of a deal now if you're binge-watching things. It was a bigger thing whenever I was younger. But so you're watching the show, and it only comes on once a week. Or you're watching a movie series. Maybe it's the newest uh, Mission Impossible. And, and they leave the show or the movie with a cliffhanger. Don't you just hate it when they do that? Right, they get right to the edge of something, or they're about to die, they're about to get arrested, and all of a sudden, it's done. We'll see you next week. And you just hate that feeling because you want to, what happens? What, what, what are they going to do? How are they going to get out of this? Well, I want you to see that that is very similar to what we're seeing here with the book of Acts, although this is the next chapter. You see, this book is the follow-up to the Gospel of Luke. The book of Acts is written by Luke, the same Luke that wrote the Gospel of Luke, uh, that we'll see some in Acts traveling with Paul and doing some of this missionary work. We know him as a physician, 
who kept very meticulous notes, and so you'll see a lot of very specific things. Just like in the book of Luke, we know the book of Luke to give us some of the greatest detail about Jesus' birth narrative. And so we see that in Luke's writing. We see a lot of uh, very specific things. And so I actually want you to see, I want you to see this with me. I want you to take my word for it. So if you want to, you can turn to Luke chapter 1. If not, we have this for you. But I want to read from Luke chapter 1. I want you to see if you notice some similarities. In verse 3 of Luke 1, Luke said, in, in telling why he wrote the gospel account, being inspired by God to do it, he said, It seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. And so probably the most the most easy to see connection there is what? What we see from the beginning of Acts and the beginning of Luke. Theophilus, right? You probably recognize that name. He says it. So the book of Luke is written to be an orderly account so that Theophilus, who has heard these things, would have certainty about them, would know for sure that they are true. What sort of things? Well, the things that we see in Luke's gospel about how Jesus was born, that he was God that left heaven and come to earth, that he would see Jesus' life, and that he would see Jesus' teachings, and that he would see Jesus' death, and that he would see Jesus' resurrection. So Luke writes the gospel account to give all of those things, and then at the end of the gospel of Luke, he says this. He's shown all of Jesus' life, he's shown Jesus' death, he's shown Jesus resurrected, presenting himself to the disciples, and then he tells them, in Luke 24, he says, stay in Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit. And then you're going to go and you're going to be my witnesses. And you're going to proclaim these things. And he tells them that repentance and forgiveness of sins are going to be preached to all nations. So just imagine, you didn't grow up going to Sunday school. You don't know all of it. And so you are just this man, Theophilus, who's reading this. And you see what Jesus has done. And you see God dying. And you see him now saying, and listen... I'm sending you guys, and you're going to the ends of the earth. And every nation is going to hear this great gospel. And you're saying, yes, I'm ready to see that. How's it going to happen? And the book ends. So he ends the book. Jesus goes back to heaven, and it's finished. That's the end of the gospel of Luke. And Theophilus probably threw something at his TV and said, Luke, what are you doing to me? How does this end? What happens? Does everybody hear? Is everybody saved? Do the disciples go or do they not? And then we get to the book of Acts. And he says, listen, I wrote that first book to show you all that Jesus began to do. But let me show you what he continued to do after he ascended to heaven. So here are the four things we'll see as we look at this first text here. We're going to see how Acts connects to the Gospel of Luke. We've already seen that. We're going to see how the work of God's people connects to the work of Jesus. So how these two books connect, we're going to see how our work connects to the work that Jesus was doing when he was on earth. We're going to see how God's people are empowered to do that work. And then we're also going to see how it relates to you and me, how this should affect you, not just in knowledge, but how your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of this week should look different because we know what we see in this scripture today. So here, look back with me in Acts chapter 1. If you had turned over, look back to Acts chapter 1. 
first two verses, he says, In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands to the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. So point one this morning, what I want us to see here, Acts shows us God, how God continued to work through his people after Jesus' resurrection. Shows us how he continued to work. So Jesus, we see his work, right? His work is clear when he is teaching, and it's clearly his work when he's performing the miracles, and it's clearly the work of salvation when he's dying on the cross, and whenever he comes back to life, and when he's telling them what to do, we can see that. But then here in the book of Acts, we see how Jesus continues to work even after he goes to heaven. Because if we don't know how this plays out, it's probably pretty easy to think that when Jesus leaves and goes to heaven, that he's done, that he's finished, that the mission that he was here for has been accomplished, that God's mission through Jesus is finished. But what we see here is that it wasn't finished. And we see how it continues to play out even after he goes back to heaven. And so that's the second thing I want to see here. I want to see how our work or the work of God's people in the scriptures, how the work of God's people connects to the work of Jesus. And there in verse 1, if you missed it, look again because it's made very clear. He said, in the first book, right in my gospel account, I showed you everything that Jesus began to do and teach. And it's a big word, began. I know it's not really big, it's just five letters. But in weight, it is very big because what he is telling us, in essence, is what Jesus began to do is accomplished. But he is continuing the work now. He's just continuing to do the work through his people rather than being here and doing it on his own. So there's continuity. There's continuity between the books, right? This is the first book. This is the second book. There's continuity of the work. Jesus began to bring the kingdom of God to a point that all people would know about it. And now he's going to continue that work. He didn't just give up and say, look, I'm going home. Apostles, you handle it. It's all in your hands. Because if you know what happens in the book of Acts, and it's exciting, because in the book of Acts, the evangelism explodes. Right? They're starting to have... Thousands of people every day coming to Christ, right? We see all sorts of amazing miracles. So I want you to think about this for just a moment. Do you really think that if the mission of God on earth was being done through Jesus, who is God in the flesh, and then he leaves and goes back to heaven, and now all of a sudden it's taken over by the knucklehead apostles, do you really think it would have exploded like that? No. If, if you have Jesus as the head of this church organization on earth, and then you withdraw him, and now all of the work and all of the planning is being done by people, we wouldn't see the sort of explosion that we see. In the same way, if it went from having the power of God in Jesus and the resources of God in Jesus to now just having the power and resources of humans and nothing else, would it really have expanded? Would the kingdom have expanded like it did? No, it wouldn't have because what's happening here is it's still Jesus's plan. It's still his power. He is directing, he's just directing his people to do it. He's still supplying the plan. He's still supplying the power. So the work is continuous for them and for us. 
if the kingdom is expanding, it's because God is doing the work. And we need to make sure that we never miss that and never forget that. And so then you ask the question, well, how? How, if he went back, if he went to heaven and he's not here, how is he supplying the, the power that they need? And we see that. Look back at verse 3. After Jesus has died, it says, He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, to, from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. For John baptized with water, and make sure you hear this, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. Point three, God continued to empower his people through the Holy Spirit. So when Jesus leaves, he had already told them, if you know the book of John well, he's already told them that the one that is coming, that they should be more excited about than him even being here in the flesh, which always strikes me. That when Jesus was with them, he said, you should want me to go to heaven. Because when I go to heaven, you're going to receive the Spirit. And you should be more excited about receiving the Spirit than even me staying with you. And so when he left, he didn't leave them on their own. No, he sent the Holy Spirit. And that's how God's people are empowered to do God's work. They, the apostles, we Christians, have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit within us. The Holy Spirit empowers us. And that's why here, doesn't it seem strange that whenever Jesus is going back to heaven, he says, listen, I'm going to heaven, and here's what I need y'all to do. And you think it's like, you know, you're looking for the Great Commission, but he says, I want you to do that, but right now I just want you to go wait. I don't want you to do anything. I want you to go to Jerusalem, and I want you to wait. And you say, wait, Jesus was going to heaven, and he didn't tell the apostles, get after it. I'm going back to heaven. Y'all go to work. He didn't. He said, I'm going back to heaven. I want y'all to go wait. Why? Why was it important that they wait? Because they were waiting for the power of God through the Holy Spirit. They're waiting so that they would have the direction of God through the Holy Spirit. They were waiting so that they wouldn't be doing the work on their own. Because the truth that we see many times in Scripture is this truth, that apart from God, we can't do anything good. And that's point four, the last point. That's what I want to see. How does this relate to us? Apart from God, his people can do nothing good. But with him, we're unstoppable. Unstoppable. Anybody ever told you before that you're unstoppable? Because I'm telling you this morning, brothers and sisters, if you've got the Holy Spirit and you're doing the work of God, you are absolutely unstoppable. You can do things that you could never imagine. We'll see them in the book of Acts. Am I telling you that you can do these miracles? That's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit has no less power now than he did then. And I believe that God can still do absolutely anything that he wants to do. He is still sovereign today over everything that he was sovereign over then. And brothers and sisters, I think sometimes that we forget what's inside of us. And the Holy Spirit is inside of us. And if you're trying to do things on your own, you're going to fail. But if you're trying to do things with the power of the Holy Spirit, you are absolutely unstoppable. And I pray that we never forget that. I pray that we're not timid in being witnesses and in sharing our faith and in doing missions and in reaching out to our community because it's not our power and it's not our message. It's the power of God to share the message of God with the people that he's created. 
And if you don't believe me that, that you can't do things good on your own, John 15, verses 4 and 5, text that many of you are familiar with, Jesus said, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I and the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If we abide in Christ, if we are in the power of the Holy Spirit, we can bear much fruit. But apart from him, we can't do anything. I've got a Good illustration of this. Just recently, I've, I built a couple of things, and most of you that are carpenters would not think that I'd built them well. But for me, I built them well, and I'm proud of the things that I've built. But as I've been working on them, Chase and Jet, who are two and four, often want to help me work on them. And so I say, yes, you know, come on. And so, so I've got the drill, and I hold the screw right where it needs to go, and I hold their hand on the drill, and I help them press the drill down, I help them drill the screw in, then they go to mom, and you know what they say? Daddy and I built so-and-so, right? That's how that works. Now, how much work and help did they actually do? It's debatable. But they were there. But I showed, I had the plan, and I had the direction, and I held it, and I squeezed their hand. And brothers and sisters, that's a lot what it looks like when Christians do ministry. We say, look what I did. And God says, whoa, Zach, I gave you the plan. I saved you from sin and set you free from the person that you used to be. And brought you to where you are today. And I gave you a new heart and a new mind that understands the scriptures and that loves the scriptures. And in the scriptures, I showed you what things you should be doing and what things you shouldn't be doing. And then I gave you the Holy Spirit to convict you of your sin, to stay away from it, and to go to the places that you should. And then the Holy Spirit, I've given you the power that you need to do these things. And then here you are saying, God and I did so and so. Brothers and sisters, I just want you to see that, that the book of Acts is not about the apostles. You see a lot of things that the apostles do, but it's not about the apostles. And, and in the book of Acts, we're going to see pastors and we're going to see deacons, but, but the book of Acts is not about pastors and it's not about deacons. And in the book of Acts, we're going to see the early church and it gives us a model for what the church looked like. But brothers and sisters, the book of Acts is not about the early church. The book of Acts, just like all the rest of the scripture, is about God. It's about what Jesus continued to do after he was ascended. And how does that work? How does that change my life? And how does that change your life? Because I want you to recognize daily when you are doing something useful for the kingdom that it's God holding your hand and squeezing the trigger and pointing you in the direction that you're supposed to be. But brothers and sisters, how great that he does that for us. You know, it'd be so much easier for me to say, no, Chase, and yeah, I'm just going to do this on my own because I can do it faster. And God doesn't need us, but he uses us. He lets us be part of the kingdom work. And so if you've forgotten that, I just want you to be reminded this morning that God wants you to be part of the kingdom work. If you're not doing mission work, if you're not doing evangelism, if you're not sharing your faith, he wants you to. He has called you to. He expects you to, and he's providing everything you need to do it. So brothers and sisters, jump on board. Let's be part 
of this. Get on the bandwagon because this mission is going to be accomplished. All nations will hear the gospel. And I've seen the picture. In heaven, there will be people from every nation, tribe, tongue, and people group praising God the Father because he's worthy. And we can be part of bringing that about. Not because he needs us, but because he's chosen to use us. So this morning, if you're here and you are still dead, and you are still not doing anything useful because you are living apart from Christ, you've never responded to him in faith, you've never recognized your need for him, you've never recognized how helpless you are without him, you've never come in faith and responded to Jesus, who is God, who left heaven and came here, and as Luke wrote for us, who did live a perfect life and who did die a perfect death and who did come back to life. If you've never responded in faith to him, I want you to know that's where it needs to start. Before you go out and start trying to do miraculous things through the work of the Spirit, you don't have the Spirit if you have not responded in faith to Jesus Christ. But the good news is he has already died and he has already come back to life. And if you're here this morning and you're willing to respond to him, he will have you. And he has already made a way for you to be saved. And you can do that. And if you have questions about that, I pray that you would come and talk to me about that. Let me answer those questions. But I also pray that if you're here and you're a Christian, you have not been doing the things that you know that we need to be doing, I pray that you'd be more dedicated to those things, that you would do the things that God has for us, that you would not be scared of them, that you would not be worried about them, but that you would know that he will be with you and he'll supply what you need to do it. And I pray that you're excited about the book of Acts as we look to see what God continued to do through his people and can still continue to do today if we'll make ourselves available to be part of it. If y'all would pray with me this morning. Father God, what a good day it has been that we could gather together in a warm building and sing praises to the God that deserves our praises. Father, that we could see and be reminded that you have not quit working, but that you're continuing to work. And Father, although we would think of ourselves, if we were in your position, as a hindrance, Father, that you don't see us as a hindrance, but that you see us as tools and vessels to use. Father, I'm thankful that you have chosen to allow us to be part of this work. Father, that we could be part of something that we know is going to prosper and that we know is going to happen. Father, that we could have your Holy Spirit, Lord, not only to give us the power to do, to do ministry and mission work and evangelism, but Lord, to, to help us to know what is good and what is not, to stay away from sin, to remind us of the Scripture, to help us to recall the teachings of Christ and to understand the things of the Bible. Father, to be better husbands and wives and parents and children, to be better bosses and co-workers, Father, that your Holy Spirit empowers us to do all these things. Lord, I pray that we'd be more mindful of the presence of your Spirit inside of us, more thankful for the gift of the Spirit that brings about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Father, help us to bear these fruits and to know that they're coming from you, the vine that allows us to do all good things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This morning... Um,